the Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network presents Worldview Media Podcast, where Gordon and Joyce Runyon view popular media through the lens of the biblical five-point covenant model to help believers appreciate and apply principles of exciting narrative and engaging storytelling. Welcome to Worldview Media Podcast. All right, we'll see you next week. That was so exciting. I can see why it's all the best introduction you had It's really all downhill from here. All right, my name is Gordon Runyon. I'm of no account one way or the other. <laughs> I've heard that said. <laughs> By who? <laughs> you track these people down. <laughs> Never mind this. <laughs> All right, with me in the studio today are three ladies who are hoping. Yes. That before the last petal falls, they will they will experience true love. Um. Three of us? <laughs> <laughs> All three. <laughs> okay. Uh, here's my wife, Joyce. Hello. I'm still waiting for the last petal to <laughs> And uh, also joining us in studio, my college senior, Jordan. Hello. And my high school senior, Reagan. Hello. And we are going to talk about the recent remake in live action of yeah. Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. The cartoon was just so good, they had to remake it. It wasn't enough. The cartoon, you know, it was the first animated movie to win Best Picture at the Oscars. Oh. Ooh. Oh, dropping, some so yeah. dropping some it knowledge. Dropping some knowledge. It was good. It's good It's a classic. Modern day classic. I guess, because it's been... On the cartoon, mm. and then it, <coughs> we saw we saw it? a show in Amarillo, Texas, once that was on ice. Beauty and the Beast on ice, yeah. And also, we've seen it in a live action play, actually at Disney. At Disney, and a couple times saw that thing a couple of times. <laughs> oh boy! And now. It's been remade for a whole new generation. What in Beauty and the Beast reamplification? <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, uh, and uh, what's the name of the girl that stars? Who's Emma Beauty? Watson. Emma, Emma Watson. Watson of Harry Potter fame. Of Harry Potter fame of recent social media feminist ideology fame. Oh, that's true. Well, you know, nobody's perfect. <laughs> and, and many people are misguided this is true and so beauty and the beast so in this first <clears throat> section of our well why are we doing this i mean why? what in the world are we here for <laughs> well we're here to analyze this movie in uh in terms of a christian biblical worldview informed by the biblical covenants 
and we're here to talk about in 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 terms of growing the kingdom and Christian people being involved in storytelling and arts and media. We want to figure out what works and what doesn't for the mm-hmm. sake of doing a good job at these things ourselves. So, my question to you, let's go more broadly here. And my question to you is why has the story, why has Beauty and the Beast endured as it has for half a generation? Any ideas? What's so great about it? What am I missing? <laughs> <laughs> so the pedal fell for you a long time ago. <laughs> Man. <laughs> well, I think there really is a story here that is what you see on the outside all that really matters. You know, is it? Because you have the character Gaston, who of course is a beautiful man. Oh, yes. And he loves himself very much. And uh, and I think that's the story of the prince. You know, he had everything. He deserved everything. And he had time for nobody who wasn't... Beautiful. Yeah. As beautiful as he, as Gaston would say. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're getting automatically into our morals and messages portion. Well, you said, why is this first? story enduring? And I think that's part of it. Is okay. A, there's a, a, a parable type okay. of thing going on in it with... You know, you can't just judge a book by its cover, maybe? All right. All right. Mm -hmm. Well, what did you specifically think worked in this movie, if you thought anything worked? Why did it work or not work? That's what I want to hear. I was kind of blown away by how good the casting was. I thought that they did a really, really good job casting everybody. If you're looking looking at it as an adaptation of the the animated movie... Mm -hmm. They really nailed all of the characters, recasting them as like live people. Just yeah, you know, they did a really good it job. It was really good. I was just, I had it in my mind that I didn't like at least one of the castings. Can you guess which one I didn't like? Not Belle. No, it was Gaston. Oh, you know, I, I, I really kind of had a problem Gaston. with that too. What was I, your issue? I just thought he looked, I don't know. He I wasn't he Gastonia was, no, enough. Mm-mm. I thought yeah. he was like maybe a little too old looking for the part, maybe. I don't know. Well, for me, it's in the cartoon, Gaston's really buff and yeah. a huge guy. Right. He it's seems like he's roughly, roughly the size, the size of, a of a barge. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And this guy really wasn't. I feel like he was fit, maybe, but yeah. not Gaston. He's not. He wasn't the guy that you would see walking down the street and go, oh, wow. That all the girls were fainting. (laughs) He was clearly the best looking guy in the village, though. (laughs) Well, I'll take your word for that. He wasn't looking at anybody in the village. (laughs) I was hoping to He wasn't looking at the village people. (laughs) (laughs) I was hoping to drift off. (laughs) Okay, Uh, let's see. What else did you like? The music? What did you think? There's actually some new music in this um, movie. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, music can be a little self-serving, gratuitous, kind of out of place, doesn't belong there. Um, I thought they did a really nice job with both of these songs. Um, And they've added some parts to the movie as well that aren't in the the animated version. Oh, right. And I think that those, they fit. You know, it's new, but it still kind of goes with what's going on with the story. It doesn't seem out of place. 
I actually really liked the way that they um, went about animating the servants in the slave. Oh, okay. Like the clock and yeah, Lumiere. Yeah. Lumiere and mm-hmm. all of the furniture and things. I thought that. I thought it was, when I heard that it was going to be a live action film, I thought, oh, that could be really cheesy yeah. and <laughs> not look well done, but. Yeah, the CGI sense. was really seamless. Mm-hmm. I thought a lot of that was just super good. Mm-hmm. Well, I think if you look at the first animated version, that they did a lot of uh, groundbreaking work with uh, the detail that they did with that. And I think they did the same thing with this one, you know, going in with the animated characters and the wardrobe and the piano yeah. playing. And yeah. and so they really did a very nice job. Yeah, and they did have some of the old songs in there and sprinkled in with some new songs. Emma Watson can sing. Right. I think it, so. Yeah. <laughs> people people give her a hard time about the uh, auto tunedness of it, but uh, I'm not good at picking up auto tune. Yeah, I didn't I have a big problem. I with couldn't it. tell one way or the other. No, I didn't think she sounded like she was like ready to go on the voice or anything. <laughs> she was passable, I guess, as a singer. Well, she's just a girl singing. Right. Sometimes that's what girls do. Now I'll tell you, there was one scene I was kind of disappointed in just visually was the be our guest and the and the feast oh. because that's a big deal in the in the original mm-hmm. big huge deal mm-hmm. and then when we saw it coming to on on ice capade or whatever uh going into that i was thinking oh well that's gonna not look good at all they actually made it a big deal even in, on ice it looked really good <laughs> and in the live things it looks really outlandish it's more than you would think if the cartoons got plates and forks Mm -hmm. flying all over the place you wonder how they're going to do that and they do yeah and i didn't feel like the meal time the big extravaganza i didn't feel like it was much of an extravaganza in this movie did you do y'all disagree with that i would disagree a little bit i think i thought it was a big deal i don't know (laughs) (laughs) yeah i thought it looked Pretty good. I don't know. I didn't have any major problems with it. The one change in the story that I kind of liked was that Gaston's little buddy, LeFou, he comes to a point of having to decide what side he's going to be on, whether he's going to be on the good guy's side or the bad guy's side, which doesn't really show up in any of the other versions. Yeah, you don't see that. Yeah. And you see him having to kind of renounce his friendship yeah, and to reconcile now there has been controversy with this movie and i think it may have started before it actually came out but a lot of people have freaked out about the gayness of it <laughs> and i didn't really think it was there in uh the, this movie wasn't any more gay than what you're going to find on an episode of The Arrow or <laughs> you know yeah or flash or any modern TV show, they've got sympathetic gay characters, and, and that's really all there was in this one. Well, and it goes unsaid. I don't think anybody ever says, this person is right. this, or that person. Yeah. Or there's no proclamations from sure. those characters that, oh, I just don't fit in with this. And, yeah. you know, there's... Um, so, yeah, and there was a big deal made out about that. You know, don't go and see this movie because... It's supporting gay rights, and you know, as Christians, we can't uh, we can't participate in this. And, right. 
And so it, it really was a little extreme. Yeah, that it it just wasn't there. There was I remember reading articles that said that the show ended with a big gay kiss or something. There was nothing like that. There was the the guy that we all suspect was gay, LeFou, he wound up in a dance where they're changing partners and yeah. stuff and he winds up with a and like a blink dude. and you miss it sort of thing. And really nothing is made of it, you know. Yeah. Their eyebrows kind of raise a little bit. They're like, oh, geez, we may have messed up this dance. (laughs) Like, that's kind of what you get. But that just seems typical for a lot of evangelicalism, especially on social media. Mm -hmm. uh, Are there things to react to? Yeah, but should you be making a fool of yourself by overreacting? I don't think so. And. It doesn't do any good if you're saying, here's what's in the movie, and then when it actually comes out, that's not what's there. Yeah. You know? it kind of discredits you, yourself. Okay. Letter grades for this show. What do you think? I would give it an eight. I don't know. I'm an not eight? a... eight? Yeah, I'm not a huge... I said letter grade. Oh. You're about to graduate high school? <laughs> oh, my word. <laughs> uh, I guess that would uh, translate to a B. <laughs> Oh, very good. You can do percentages. 80% is a B. There you go. Amen. All right. What was the detraction for you? What did you not like? I How just, could it have been better? I don't know. I think the just the movies that do interest me don't typically tend to be down this vein of... Musicals. Musical fairy tales. It's not right. really where I enjoy most of my so, viewing. So what is your viewing, then? I don't know. What's your genre? Okay, let's stay on topic. (laughs) (laughs) Some other podcast. Okay. But I thought it was, I thought the way it was filmed was good, and I think the, it was visually pleasing. Sure. Yeah, it really was. The color schemes and the way things were filmed and the shots and things. I don't know. Yeah, I forgot to mention that. I thought the palace, the enchanted palace was done really well, Mm -hmm. I thought. I even thought the village was really well done. Yeah, the house, the it steps, was the little garden. It was weird that their house was right there in, like, the street, though. That threw me for a loop. Should have been that, out of town that a little bit. That was so weird. That just was not... That was weird. Okay, letter grade from you, Mama. Well, you know, I'm going to have that movie. <laughs> because I have the other movie, and I drag you to so many places where we can see this repeatedly. <laughs> um, I liked it. I did like it. I thought, like I said, the new songs added to it, the new material added to it. Um, When we talked about Moana, I think we were all kind of the same way about some of the things in there, some of the songs, that they just weren't really... Right. They didn't fit. And so um, I think this is completely opposite from that, and uh, I I did like the movie. Okay. Letter grade, Mom. Letter grade. A. A. Wow. Also uh, 100. (laughs) <laughs> well, or a a between 190. All right, Jordan, letter grade. Uh, I think I would have to give it probably like a maybe like an A minus, like a low A. It was pretty good. I don't think it was like the perfect movie, and it probably it was a fairly good adaptation of the of the animated one. So as far as that, I think they did a, a really good job. So. Yeah, I like it. It's still an A, but it's like a like a low A. Okay. And you? Oh. <laughs> it's like guys can meet a great a Super Bowl that the Dallas Cowboys aren't playing in. I just have... I'm out. I have no opinion. 
little interest. <laughs> right. Okay. So we're gonna we're gonna stop and have our break. The Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network brings to you a complete lineup of podcasts where you will hear practical and tactical theology. Our desire is not simply that you consume our shows, but that you also live out your faith in every area of life. We can talk all day long about these things, but if we fail to put them into practice, then we fail as ambassadors of Jesus Christ, our King. Subscribe now to your favorite Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network shows, or you can subscribe to the Reconstructionist Radio Master Feed, where all of the content we produce including the audiobooks and audio articles, will pop up as soon as they are available. And don't forget to visit ReconstructionistRadio.com to volunteer as a narrator or to partner with this ministry financially. May the Holy Spirit stir you into action for Christ and His Kingdom. All right, we're back on Worldview Media Podcast, part of the Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network. Yes. Reconstructionist Radio, your one-stop audio shop for all your dominionizing needs. Ah, that sounds right. <sighs> Boom, drop the mic. <laughs> oh, wait, no! Oh, <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Yikes. All right, so we want to talk about worldview issues with Beauty and the Beast and... What kind of worldview underlying basic sort of messages do you see this movie preaching? Anybody? I think Mom touched on it earlier when she said um, love is more than just about uh, superficial, just the way we look kind of thing. And there's a lot more to a person than the way that they look. And people who are pretty on the outside can sometimes be ugly on the inside. Like Gaston and like the prince was before he got cursed and underwent a bit of a transformation internally. As well as externally. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think the transformation happened after he had externally changed into a beast. (laughs) Right, right. Okay. Oh, another thing that I saw Christian saying online is that this movie has something to do with like promoting bestiality. I think that's a reach because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, I don't know. It's, it's just dumb. It's just it's, it's a fairy just dumb. dumb. It's a fairy yeah. tale. You yeah. can reach for a lot of things if you want to take everything. You know, right. I think sometimes that happens within scripture as well. So, what do you mean? People trying to oh, stretch things yeah. and make it into something that's not there and take things out of you know. Okay. Any other underlying morals or messages here? I found, I and I think part of the reason the thing probably endures is because the the issue of self sacrifice as a part of what it means to love really comes to the fore right at the end, mm. comes to a head where, uh, and you see it. Also throughout the movie where Belle and her father mm-hmm. are both right. willing to sacrifice themselves for the other. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, the beast who has spent his whole life being self-centered and narcissistic, he's he sends Belle away. He'd rather she have her freedom and, you know, he's not going to 
dominator and and then at the end he actually sacrifices himself in an effort to save her and so i think those things endure and and we get that message of course from the gospel itself and and i think if you want to write on an emotionally powerful story that's a decent way to go uh, having a self-sacrificing hero Mm. all right right. well i guess we're done (laughs) (laughs) wow i shut y'all down with them (laughs) any other stop shop (laughs) one stop shop (laughs) i think you also see the the difference with the, the affluence of the prince at the beginning you know he had everything he had it all and it just kind of reminds me of the parable that we see where, you know, the guy tore down his barns and built bigger barns because he said, wow, look at all this stuff. I need I need more room for all my stuff. And, you know, the prince really didn't think he was lacking in anything. Um, and, of course, he was greatly lacking and didn't realize that until the very, the very end of the show. Yeah, right. That, you know, you're... Where your treasure is, there your heart is. And, yeah, you know, and right. his treasure changed. Well, you know, at church this morning, the passage that we looked at was uh, Matthew 25 and and the nations being judged based on how they treated the least of these. Mm-hmm. And that kind of happens in, in the story where at the very beginning, the place where the prince's ugliness is made manifest is the way he treated the poor ugly widow the woman hanger, or whatever the, the crone the crone <laughs> that sounds so wrong <laughs> that's a great word we, we really ought to bring that back <laughs> there was a high five that just happened here spectacular okay so i think that was a, that was an issue you see you see the character of the man manifested in the way he dealt with the least and the lowliest and that's kind of a, mm. that's obviously a biblical concept. Yeah. Anything else? I think they, uh, I think they added so- something that sort of I hadn't thought of before in the in the adaptation, just this new one, where uh, Bell is sort of talking to the servants about like, well, doesn't this bother you, like that you have to be punished just because he's a bad guy? I mean, you guys didn't do anything, and they're like, yeah, you're right, we didn't do anything because like <laughs> yeah. we saw uh, this stuff yeah. happening he to him, and he and was growing just, up, and yeah. we just went along with how everything was going, and we should have taken some kind of responsibility because yeah. he started off as this sweet kid and stuff, and and we just let it get this far, and we didn't do anything. Oh wow! So this Great. thing about like Did you miss the responsibility. I didn't think of it as we were I mean, getting ready to do this. The... No, I did see it. <laughs> but Jordan highlighted it in a way that I hadn't thought of. But that's yeah. a big deal, isn't it? That uh, Christians are responsible and and just because we say, well, that's not my issue. I didn't do it. Well, but you're standing right there. You know, yeah. where yeah. when you've got 30 churches within a mile of an abortion clinic or something like that. Yeah, nobody does anything. Right. Ouch, Jordan. Thanks a lot. Well, it's just something that I... And it, it's not really addressed in the cartoon. Yeah, right. But they, right. they brought this thing. Mm-hmm. And I remember we were watching it, and that really I was like, oh, dang, that's new. That's yeah, not that's something good. we've talked about before. That's good. Yeah. yeah, very good. In fact, I was just reading a commentary, and one of the... It's from one of the old dead guys, and he said... Uh, <laughs> well, you know, you have commentaries from the new guys who are still living, and then the 
the old dead ones. The old dead ones. And he said that uh, mere inactivity is enough to condemn us. Yeah. And and I think Bonhoeffer has something like that. Mm -hmm. That uh, silence Silence in the face of evil evil is is itself itself evil. evil. There you go. We all, all right. know our Bonhoeffer. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> <laughs> I have raised my family right. <laughs> okay, uh, another message that I thought I saw, it's not really a worldview thing, but it's a thing that Christians used to champion, and it used to be a bigger deal than it seems to be now, is uh, the value of books and reading. Mm. And it's kind of a minor point. It's a, it's a character issue. It's what defines what? who Belle is. It's a character and, flaw for a lot of people in her village. Yeah. You know, yeah. she's stepping out of her bounds, and girls aren't supposed to know anything. And Right. Yeah, this whole thing about what's appropriate for a woman to be doing and stuff. Right. And it is a Western, and by Western, I mean directly influenced mm-hmm. by Christianity. It's a Christian thing for for society to believe that it's good and right to educate their females. Uh, we kind of take that for granted now, but before Christ, that was unheard of. Yeah. And it's it's kind of a new thing on the stage of human history. Even, even after Christ, it was not in every land. It was only in the Christian lands. Yeah. Well, you still see that today in a lot of third world countries mm-hmm. where, right. you know, women... Are treated like trash. Right, you can't go to school if you're if you're if you're carrying a jug of water on your head to and from the well twice a day, and it's two miles away. You know, your your head is for carrying jugs of water, not for thinking thoughts. <laughs> and, and, uh, and that's just that's real. That's part of the benefit of technological advancement and. and uh, one writer that I'm reading now, he makes the point that in Western societies, it's it's only here and only because of the influence of Christianity that we believe uh, righteousness means filling our minds with truth and then putting that truth to work in the world. Mm-hmm. Where all the religions of the East, holiness is about emptying your minds and not thinking very much. And it's in those lands where women are still toting around the jugs of water and... And, you know, they don't, as soon as you plumb water into your house, now the woman's got some time to think about something else. And, about making dinner. Right. <laughs> making me a sandwich. <laughs> oh, boy. But that is kind of a worldview mm-hmm. issue that's very prevalent in the movie there. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? Any other messages being taught? Well, I guess there is sort of... That you mentioned that thing with LeFou and Gaston about how uh, how their friendship is always sort of lopsided and yeah. LeFou's always sort of doing more than than Gaston is to maintain this relationship <laughs> and make sure that he's yeah. doing okay right. whereas Gaston really couldn't care less, you know. Right. So even like in that in that like friendship, LeFou's already sort of set up as this sort of a better guy because he's caring more about his friend, even though he's not huh. getting a lot out of that. Well, I'd agree he is contributing more to the friendship, but I'm not sure that's a good and moral thing on his part because yeah. it's, it's almost like idol worship yeah, is what he's doing there. Yeah, but you that's like... And then he's just getting treated bad and he's in this, <laughs> right. like... You know, it's this sort of terrible 
like, cycle that he's in and stuff, because he'll get treated bad and then he'll just, like, right. respond, well, not appropriately, with, like, you know, just more, oh, but yeah. you're okay still, <laughs> yeah. and right. that, like... But you see that whole dynamic, not just with LeFou, but with the whole village, because whatever Gaston says is what, you know, they're going to back him. You, you see that when Maurice comes back, and they're all making fun of him until Gaston says, no, wait just a minute. <laughs> tell me more about this. And then everybody's like, oh, well, maybe we should listen. And then, you know, right. when he gets tired of Maurice, then he's like, oh, crazy old Maurice, you know, we need to get rid of him. And yeah. and then it it reveals more, I think, just the, the evil workings of Gaston's heart that, you know, he's about self-serving. He wants what he wants. Well, and is he'll that find not a way to true and applicable for what we see today in pop yeah. culture with... It is, celebrities most like the Jenners and the Kardashians, you know, as soon as they uh, say something, yeah. oh, everybody yeah. pays attention. <laughs> right. Yep. Regardless of what they're saying, if it makes sense, if it's, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and then even when um, Maurice is going into the back of the, the crate and saying, that if you let me marry your daughter, I can fix all this. Yeah. You know, and he's like, nope, you can't fix anything. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, and, and that's just... It's a reflection of who we are, and I think we see that in Scripture, that, you know, always we're after what's wrong and bad for us, and, yeah. and about ourselves. Well, very good. That's all good stuff. Anybody have anything else? Are we ready to wind down the podcast? <laughs> Has the last pedal fallen? Hopefully. Oh no true love <laughs> for all three of these girls <laughs> you poor ladies <laughs> all right so well you know we missed the whole big thing at the end with the restoration of everything going back and the prince oh, coming yeah, back you right, know right. hey oh, whoa <laughs> missed our resolution completely it's, uh, so it's not quite the return of christ but it <laughs> There is, there's a little bit of, there's a hint of resurrection, you mm -hmm. know, because the beast is practically dead, and and he's raised and transformed, mm -hmm. and when he's transformed, his whole, kingdom his whole kingdom is transformed. And everybody suddenly remembers him. And, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. But that never happens. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and what a crazy scene. <laughs> Well, seriously, that's kind of a post-millennial scene. I'm glad you brought that out. You can, my post-millennial mind can kind of see that <laughs> in there. That was a good thing. Well, you know, that's really... We are transformed. We're transformed from dead and lifeless things mm -hmm. into living servants because of the resurrection of our master. Well, and that completes the story. You know, we have yeah. to... In, in a sense, it's not about... Maybe it is about love, but it's about who's who is going to be the focus of your love. Sure. You know, it's not it shouldn't be yourself, which was what the prince was about. He was about, you know, I love myself and everybody else should love me and and that's what we see in our world too, that it's all about me and self promotion and and everybody's thinking that that's good and that's right and it's uh it's not where it's at. It is about love, but it's not loving yourself. Yeah. All right, good things. So we should 
go out from this place and love Christ and serve Him. And how do we do that? By loving and serving everyone around us, not ourselves. Not ourselves. Good message. (laughs) (laughs) All right, if you get a tattoo, that should be on your forehead. (laughs) Good message? Wait. (laughs) Backwards. So when you look in the mirror, it says, serve others, right across your forehead. But only Uh. you can see that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, enough silliness. It's time to go out. Time to go out and dominionize. All right, thank you all for joining me here in Studio 2, Worldview Media Podcast, Dominionizing. Bye. (laughs) Bye. Thank you for listening to the Worldview Media Podcast. Please visit reconstructionistradio.com to check out the other podcasts in our network and to download our free audiobooks. My name is Andrea Schwartz, and I have been active in Christian education for over 35 years, having homeschooled my three children all the way through high school. Now that they are all graduated and grown, I spend my time mentoring women, helping them become the best teachers for their children. I hold online office hour meetings every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Pacific Time using the Zoom platform. These get-togethers provide homeschooling moms the opportunity to ask questions and get advice in areas they may struggle with as they educate their children. And for those contemplating homeschooling, they can discover how to get started and stay the course. Each week, I will cover a specific area, but the bulk of the time will be spent addressing issues most pressing to you. These meetings are free, but you must register to participate. Search on Facebook for the event entitled Weekly Office Hours with Andrea Schwartz, and then click on Get Tickets.